and welcome to the Point of Care Ultrasound Certification Academy podcast, where we focus on POCUS. Here, we will discuss all things related to Point of Care Ultrasound, the practice, the trends, and its impact on healthcare. Our program will engage thought leaders who are defining global patient care with the stethoscope of the future. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast, Focus on Pocus. Today, we're living in strange times. Things have changed. So we're doing our social distancing, and we're sheltering in place. We have a little triangulation here with uh, Dr. Yel Tongchen from Spain, and myself at my home, and David, our engineer, at the Widget Studios. Uh, uh Dr. Tan Chin is an emergency medicine physician. He's a director of the ultrasound division at the Hospital of Universidades in La Paz. He has a unique situation where he contracted a COVID-19 while working, and he was uh, sequestered himself at his house, and he's been tracking his progress with a handheld device, I believe a butterfly, and he's using it to uh, give images and to track his condition and sharing it with the world. And so... We have him today on our podcast, and it's great having you today. How are you today, Yell? How are you feeling? Uh, very well, James. Thank you. You are a man in demand, and I want to thank you for being on our podcast today. Thanks to you for the invitation. Tell us your story, how you got infected, uh, and how you came to use lung ultrasound on yourself. Mm. The thing is that uh, for several weeks, we were getting ready for uh, for coronavirus. We were training ourselves how to how to put the equipment, how to take it off, the clothes, everything. And then we suddenly we moved from uh, having many suspicious patients to having actually many positive patients. And that night, uh, what struck me most was that uh, many of those positive patients, they were really mildly symptomatic. They had uh, something more uh, than a common cold or maybe a mild flu. So that same afternoon, I started to feel chills and some dry cough. So I did the test on myself. And it came out uh, 20 hours later to be positive. Uh, didn't you? Is it true? You said you got infected from an ultrasound fellow. Is that the source? Yes. After uh, having the positive test, uh, I uh, advise anyone around me in close contact with me to uh, to self check their own symptoms. And uh, among them, there was the ultrasound fellow from that month who also tested positive. And he was symptomatic for a week and a half uh, ago before my symptoms started. So I guess he might be the source, which is in turn a message I want to, uh, to share with you that anyone around you with symptoms 
even if it's just a mild cold, uh, you should advise him to go home and not share anything. Let's talk about lung ultrasound and its role with tracking COVID-19. You are using a handheld ultrasound device, correct? Yes. Um, my feelings about uh, the ultra the ultrasound in COVID-19, uh, let me uh, first of all share my experience, is that uh, lung uh, ultrasound, as you know, it's uh, a great tool to assess interstitial disease in the lungs, where X-rays might get uh, and miss maybe around 40% of, uh, of the consolidations in interstitial disease. Uh, with ultrasound, you can get those. And since the, this disease, COVID-19 affects the terminal alveoli, uh, and very peripherally, we are lucky to get easily dosed with ultrasound. So my experience is that with uh, doing the, the ultrasound on myself is that uh, I was uh, the... Um, I, I could uh, predict my symptoms worsening first with ultrasound before even having the, the symptoms. So I, uh, any time I had uh, worsening with more B lines, thickening of the pleural lines, so pleural consolidations, I know that uh, several hours later, 12 to 24, I will feel sicker. So that's right now what is happening to me that uh, my last ultrasound was worse than the day before, and uh, now I'm feeling worse. That has a huge impact in the management because I moved from one treatment to another, and now I added the another therapy after this last finding. So what I suggest is that uh, in this disease, that unlike any other, viral illnesses we have faced before, like influenza or RSV, where you get the whole picture right at the beginning, and then you monitor the patient, how it improves along the day. Here, it's more like a kind of back and forth disease where one day you get one picture, and it's very, uh, changes dramatically from one time to another time. And the other day, you can get a better or worse. So here it's a huge and powerful tool to monitor your patient. You are to be commended for scanning during your illness and sharing your story and images with the world. So from your scans, I know the symptoms would vary into peaks and valleys. And the same was true with sonographic findings. Can you elaborate? Yes, that's my my feeling. Although it's uh, not evidence based, just with my experience, and uh, that that was my feelings about my symptoms as well, because I had uh, 
uh, a cough going on off, uh, low grade fever, and uh, some headache and gastrointestinal symptoms going uh, back and forth. On the sonographic findings, you had clusters of bee lines in thickened pleura. Is that correct? Yes, mainly on the lower, uh, posterior lower lobes. Uh, this is where you might find the most of the uh, abnormalities in lung ultrasound. You see the first the thickening of the pleural line, then the B lines, the subpleural consolidations, and although seldomly described, uh, also I had uh, a little, very uh, little. Uh, pleural effusion, which lasted a couple of days, and then uh, it resolved. Dr. Tung Chin, did your O2 sats vary? It never, it never dropped below 95%. I was always above that, uh, that uh, number, and also I never experienced shortness of breath or chest pain. Yell, I wanted to ask you, what lung zones or anatomical locations did you see the consolidations? It's, uh, it's a kind of uh, dynamic disease where you can find it uh, anywhere bilaterally. But uh, in my case, I had it uh, just like described in the literature uh, on the lower, posterior lower lobes of uh, both lungs. And then from there, is switched to the lateral, to the axillary fossa, to the subescapulary fossa. So it changes and migrates from day to another day. So that's something to take into account when you perform the lung ultrasound. And you should take uh, care and pay attention into exploring all the lung areas. Maybe for the screening or uh, the beginning of your symptoms uh, should be enough to do the lower loss, but as you move forward towards the disease evolution, you need to scan more areas. For the lung ultrasound, was the sonographic findings ahead of the symptoms? Yes. That's my feeling. And actually, it's uh, uh, it will make sense and uh, will be similar to the findings in the literature with CT scans, where many symptomatic patients, even mild or asymptomatic patients, they will have abnormalities in the lung ultrasound. So, uh, lung ultrasound, I mean, in the CT scan. So, the same we should expect here with ultrasound, where we find abnormalities in lung ultrasound before even onset of symptoms. I see. Uh, quick question. Do patients who are severely sick, those who need, let's say, ICU care, do they have more severe lung ultrasound findings? Do they have greater pleural effusions or bigger subpleural consolidations? Yes. That's uh, according to the literature. That's what they say that the main complications you might find in those patients are ARDS and uh, pneumonia, uh, uh, more 
uh, widespread pneumonia. So that would be the two easily pick up things with ultrasound you can do for those patients. Tell us more about your home base ultrasound in this epidemia. Yes. Um, I belong to the 80% of the mild cases of this disease. So uh, as uh, we are moving in Spain, my country, we are moving towards the peak of the incidence of this disease. We are facing and we are struggling in our emergency departments to be able to cope with this overwhelming demand. So uh, with my experience, what I want to share are my thoughts about uh, how we can use uh, this new uh, pathway uh, where we include lung ultrasound and we expand the hospital capacity in borderline patients in home care-based attention. So that patient who looks uh, good and has a good saturation and the lung ultrasound is uh, okay or only shows a mild pneumonia, I will uh, send them home for home monitoring. That monitoring right now can only happen with uh, oximetry and uh, auto self-check symptoms. What I suggest is to include, now that we have the telemonitoring tools, to include also lung ultrasound. Dr. Tung Chin, what is the status currently of your ED in Spain? Do you guys have shortages of disposals? Do you have enough ventilators? Yes, we are lacking lots of uh, resources. We're in the need of masks, of, uh, but especially of uh, equipment and also the test to do the, the, the CPR of the, of the virus uh, diagnostic test. So that's why another reason where we should explore the ultrasound. And let me explain why. If you have a patient who is uh, young without risk factors and the lung ultrasound tends to be normal, that patient can do fine without a test. And you might consider it, send them home without the test. And once you get through the lack and uh, need of this test, you can do it afterwards. Are the physicians at your hospital using specific algorithms with your ultrasound and thereby triaging their patients? Yes, we are. Uh, what we are doing is um, is using X-ray as part of the algorithm, as many hospitals are doing right now. As I said before, it's hard when you are trying to find the the interstitial disease with a tool like the X-ray, with uh, everything it takes to do uh, an X-ray in the in this outbreak, you need to bring the X-ray machine to the patient to do the portable X-ray and then take it out, clean it, and uh, 
all the cleaning measures you need to to take care. So uh, we are not doing the CT scan like the Chinese proposed. I think that's impossible to do for many reasons right now in our environment, but neither X-ray is the best tool we have at our hands. So in this case scenario is where lung ultrasound might be a powerful tool in the algorithm whenever you consider chest X-ray. So let me give you, for instance, the uh, algorithm I propose. You have a patient who is below 60 years old without risk factors, comes to a pre-triage tent, has the oxygen saturation measure, it's above 95, you do the lung ultrasound, it's normal, you send them home without any test. Then you have the other patient who is above 60 years old uh, with good saturation, with some risk factors, and then you do the ultrasound as well. And you, with the ultrasound, you find it's everything normal. We saw abnormalities. You do the test, wait for the results at home, and then I start with the therapy. One of the therapies that has proven to be useful in this outbreak, which is the hydroxychloroquine, chloroquine, and then report in 10 hours the result and monitor that patient in 48 hours. Best from the primary care system. And then you have the third, uh, the third group of patients uh, who have uh, the lung ultrasound abnormalities, pneumonia, B-lines, consolidations, anything. And that patient should be admitted. Unless very selectively you see that patient is looking well, has no risk factors, is young, so that patient you might consider giving them hydroxychloroquine and monitor that patient in 48 hours at home. Got a quick uh, pharma question. What is the dose and length of the use for the HCQ? Hmm. I, I started to take hydroxychloroquine after discussing uh, uh, my case with an infectious disease colleague. Um, we were talking about uh, how my symptoms got worse and so was my ultrasound. And to I start on uh, hydroxychloroquine because of that, because the immunomodulator effect, because the uh, ongoing reports we were having from uh, from China, the Chinese experience, and uh, the dose I started was 400 milligrams twice daily for one day, and then 200 milligrams for seven to 14 days. Great work. Dr. Yel Tung Chen, who is calling us from Spain. I am hosting from my home and David is recording at Widget Studios. 
We apologize for our audio quality during this triangulation of sorts. We are all adhering to social distancing and sheltering in place. So we can slow down this virus, flatten the curve in order not to overwhelm our healthcare systems. Be safe and remain healthy, everyone. Yale, I'd like to thank you for coming in and calling in on Focus on Pocus. I know you are in demand. I hope you feel a lot better. You are already a hero for patient safety, and we honor that. And listen, thanks for sharing your insights on lung ultrasound and COVID-19. Thank you very much for your kind invitation, James. And take care. You feel better, Yell, and thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Don't forget, for more POCUS-style topics, follow us on Facebook at POCUS Cert Academy and Twitter at POCUS Academy. Stay safe, everyone. Be sure to join us at Twitter at POCUS Academy and Facebook at POCUS Cert Academy. If you'd like to learn more about the POCUS community, visit us at POCUSworld.org. Take a look at participating in our POCUS 25 research. Help contribute to the scientific development of the top 25 point-of-care ultrasounds. And we'll see you next time. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are the views and opinions of the guests and not those of Intellios. This podcast is for information purposes only.